Hello and welcome back to Let's Talk About It. I am your host, as you know, Jaden Ford, and we're back with another banger. It's finally, you know, mid-new year now, guys. It's January 25th, if I'm not mistaken. Let me check my calendar here. It is the 25th, if I am not mistaken. I cannot find the calendar. We're just going to say it's the 25th, man, because I'm pretty 99% sure it is. And it is the 25th Tuesday. And we're recording this live right now, man. And we're just ready to get going. And let's just start talking about the inevitable. And that's the NFL division round being the best that you will probably ever lay your eyes on. Your pretty little eyes on. I mean, because when four games get decided by three points or less in every game besides the Kansas City Chiefs, the away kicker ended the game in a win for the away team. Is history and it's the first time it's ever been done. Moving on into what makes this divisional round even better. Not only was the close games, every game was exactly what we expected. A dogfight, a playoff battle. You go for it on fourth down, go for it on third and long. You know, the, the, the Bills were the epitome of not, you know, being conservative. They were putting all their buckets in a row, and they were just shooting dimes at them. They didn't care what happened. They did not care what happened. They went forward on 4th and 3. They went forward on 4th and 11. They went forward on 4th and 12, if I'm not mistaken, and got it. So you got to roll your dice. And, and not every team should play the way that, you know, Sean McDermott did over there with the Bills because, you know, not every team has that talent. And not every team is going to be able to do those 4th down conversions and be successful and be you know, and be able to give themselves a chance at the end to go win it. And that's exactly what the Bills did. But I don't think a team like the 49ers should be going for it on 4th and 10 or 12 because their passing game is not as elite. They have a great running game, a great blocking run scheme, and a great defense. But the passing game is at, is at a minimum. And a team like that probably should not do that. But when you have Joe Burrow and you, you know, when you got guys like, um, um, Josh Allen, Joe Burrow, Josh Allen, you know, Justin Herbert, like the list goes on and on. I know I'm missing somebody, but those type of guys you can go for. But Jimmy Garoppolo, he's not that type of guy. And yes, he's seasoned. Yes, he's been to the Super Bowl, but he still is injury and mistake prone. So you just got you got to keep Jimmy. You got to keep Jimmy on a swivel. You got to keep him booting. You got to keep him, you know, in a read option, RPO situation, run pass option situation. So you know, it was a it was a good game for the 49ers, um, specifically with Jimmy, you know, winning the game. You know that. That's important. That That's everything that they wanted to do. But let's just take it game by game. Let me go right back up to the Bengals and the Titans. The Bengals and the Titans, they came in, and it, it was a game, guys. But the problem with Ryan Tannehill is his interception, his turnover prone. He had three interceptions to Joe Burrow's one. He had 220 passing yards to Joe Burrow, 348. And he had one, tu- uh, and he had one touchdown to Joe Burrow, zero. But we'll get into why Joe Burrow didn't necessarily have to put his team on the board because, you know, later in the game, that's when they got iffy. There was a lot of field goals back and forth. But the problem with Tennessee, they never could really get it going. Julio Jones had six catches, but that's probably one of his highest targets of the year. Yes, he's been hurt, but you got to find a way to get him the ball fast and early in the season as well as the games. Devontae Foreman played a great little a great little one-two punch him and Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry wasn't a hundred percent, but he was ready to go. He was ready to fight. He was ready, you know, to, to 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 take this team on to the next round. And after that bye week, I think they were just a little stiff. When when you would imagine they'd be the complete opposite, you would imagine that they would, you know, be somewhat, you know, in a hurry to go play and go win the game. But you know, sometimes that that bye week is a hurt, is a hinder. Is that the better word? A hinder to your football team. And that's exactly what it was to the Tennessee Titans. Stephen A. Smith absolutely unleashed on Ryan Tannehill. I haven't watched 
in ESPN today. I was also recording just recently another podcast I'm working on. My friend Kiwan Neal called Three's a Crowd. Yes, Three's a Crowd. I'll tell you more about that in other episodes. But we're going to get on to this next game that I think that was very exciting. And that was the 49ers versus the Packers. Um, At this point in time, if you're an Aaron Rodgers fan, I don't know if it's going to get any better. If you, if you can't beat Jimmy Garoppolo and you, and you can't get past the divisional round, I'm pretty sure that he struggled. And I think he's like one in five in divisional round the year he went to the Super Bowl. But other than that, that they're, they're a one round or a two round exit every single time. Devontae Adams, um, Aaron Jones, you know, AJ Dillon and Aaron, um, Aaron Rodgers, all those guys, that's plenty enough talent. They got the Preston brothers. I mean, they have plenty of talent over there on that football team. They got Jair Alexander, but the one thing that they're missing is, you know, playoff integrity. And that's exactly what the 49ers have. The 49ers, for those that do not know, they were not supposed to get into the college, excuse me, the NFL playoffs. And and, and, and especially to get past Dallas Cowboys. Let's just, let's just go back to last week. They beat the Dallas Cowboys, you know, a, a team that was rolling, a team that was growing, and a team that was already locked into a you know, playoff position. And the 49ers, they had to put their fate in someone else's hands. And that's exactly what happened. I think that the Jaguars beating the Colts did a lot for them. And I think that it helped them get in. And I could be completely wrong. because Ever since I've gotten to the NFL, I've been confused with the AFC and NFC. So I could be on the total wrong side of things. But you guys get my point. The 49ers got let in the playoffs besides of, you know, opening the door themselves. But that's not that's that's not a problem. You know, there's crazy stories in the NFL, and that's why if a team makes it, they got a chance to fight. And that's exactly what Julian Edelman believed in his Patriots. Julian Edelman put down $100,000 that they'd make it to the Super Bowl, and his only argument was, hey, we're in it, and we're not in it. I mean, we're not out of it until we're out of it. So I, I believe him. But um, the Packers, it, it's time for change. It's time for someone to go. It's time for someone to get added. It's, it's, it's time for change. The, the 49ers, they're a great football team, dude. I mean, the run game is amazing. The pass game is mediocre. But the but the offensive line, defensive line, secondary, everything about their offense and defense is solid and 100% Super Bowl contending. The only problem was they just weren't playing up to their potential. They had a lot of injuries. It's like a, a lot of other teams, you know, in, in that conference, in that area, and as well as the league. It's just, it's just a year that you had to fight through and continue to, you know, to try to make it out and get to the playoffs and fight. But – like I said, you know, the 49ers, you can't take nothing away from them. Robbie Gold. I'm going to take a second to talk about Robbie Gold, the kicker who did indeed kick a game-winning field goal as the away team. And Robbie Gold's, Robbie Gold's a savage, guys. I know we've all seen the videos of the 49ers and Debo Samuel coming out to the speaker and playing Super Glimmin' by Kodak Black, a very popular hip-hop song right now, and as well as other music that um, I can't think off the top of my head right now. But they're coming in, they're swaggy. They came in to Dallas Cowboys, and I do remember the song, Walk in a Trap and Take Over Your Trap, you feel me, like, they, they, they just have, I don't know what it is, they have that, they have that power, they have that will, and they have that skill behind them, and they're ready to go win any type of football game, man, so shout out to the 49ers, and really, I'm a Seahawks fan, and I really, really, really hate Green Bay way more than I hate the 49ers, so I hope y'all can go there, and maybe even win it all, man, it's hard for me to bet against Patrick Mahomes if it's not against Brady, but we'll get to that road when it's time to cross that road, but let's just dig into some of these stats, let's see what Jimmy Garoppolo did. Jimmy Garoppolo, he didn't do nothing impressive, guys. He was 11-19, 131 yards and one interception. Aaron Rodgers did his job, but he needs to do more. He only was 20-29 for 225 yards pass and no touchdowns. I mean, you, got, you need more. You need more. You gave you gave nine receiving yards to Aaron. You gave nine receptions to Aaron Jones and 12 carries. What was Devontae Adams at? 
Devontae Adams. Where were you at, sir? Devontae Adams had nine catches for 90. Okay, it just didn't show that. So Aaron Jones, your running back, was also your leading receiver. So, and then after that, it just drops off horrible. It goes, it goes Devontae Adams, nine for 90. Alan Lazard, one for six. And then everybody else had no catches for no yards. So it's... It was a tough game, man. And the Packers, they have everything they needed. 13 and 4. They had a way better season than 10 and 7 San Francisco 49ers. But that doesn't mean anything when you're in the playoffs. It's all about who's going to walk in your trap and take over your trap. And that's exactly what Debo Samuel did. But Robbie Gold and those guys are savages. Robbie Gold was practicing not only last week while Dallas Cowboys were doing their 1v1s and warm up drills on indie personnel, he was practicing during the cheerleaders performance and he was also practicing when the team came out and was running their ones versus their twos and their twos versus their threes things like that and just to show you how it's disrespectful but it's also clever and it shows that you know i'm a grown man i'm here to kick my footballs and that's what i'm gonna do and just because i'm at your home stadium i'm not gonna cater to your time but you know usually in football the home team goes out, then the away team goes out, and it's a vice versa type thing. And then you guys only usually warm up with each other before the game, like 10 minutes when it's on the clock, and you're just, you know, just getting everybody loose, ready for kickoff. Robbie Gold said none of that. He was kicking the balls during during the um, the pregame for both teams as well as the cheerleaders. So, I mean, and he hit the, and he hit the game-winning shot. He hit the game-winning field goal, and you can't be mad at him. You can't take that away from him. Um, I do want to dig in a little bit further into this 49ers game. I'm going to tell you what I think changed the game for the 49ers, and that's having um, where is he at? And that's having Debo Samuel, man. When Debo Samuel can come out there and give you three catches for 44 and as well as run the ball for 10 for 39, he's, he's going to get his job done. And you can't forget about um, Elijah Mitchell, young guy, 17, carries 53 yards. Elijah Mitchell is a story. He's a 23-year-old running back from Louisiana, 5'10", 200 pounds. I want to say this is his first season on on, on, on the gridiron, you know, playing a, on, on a high level, and he's getting his job done. And a lot of people are writing him off. Um, a lot of people are saying, Elijah Mitchell, well, you know who he is now, Green Bay fans. Moving on, the Rams and Buccaneers. See, this game right here to me, I, I usually bet against Tom Brady. But today, or on that day, I was like, I can't do it. I can't do it. So I bet for him. And it was ugly. It really was over at halftime. But, you know, Tom Brady always finds a way to come back. He fought back and up losing by three points, 27 to 30. Same old story. The away team kicks a game-winning field goal. And that's what happens. It, it was act- actually crazy to me. But the biggest thing was Tom Brady just was getting hurt the whole game. Sacked five some odd times. Busted his lip. Balls all over the ground. No A.B., no Chris Godwin. Just, you had Mike Evans. Mike Evans had a pretty good game. But, you know, Cyril Grayson, the guy who caught the walk-off touchdown, get the Jets hurt. And the list goes on and on. Tristan Wirfs, your all-star rookie left tackle, hurt. I mean, so he, he had a long slate to fight against. But it's Tom Brady, so I, I still bet on him. But, you know, you can't take away anything from Matthew Stafford. Matthew Stafford came out in one of his biggest games of his life, which was the biggest game of his life, unless he makes his Super Bowl, 28 of 38, 366 yards and two touchdowns. That's how you win a football game, man. No interceptions. Tom Brady, on the other hand, was 30 for 54, 329, one touchdown, one interception. It is not enough, Tom Brady. It's not enough. They gave the ball to Fournette, um, playoff Lenny, 13 carries, 51 yards, two touchdowns. So they, they tried to get going with him, but they really couldn't get it going unless it was short yardage and he had a you know like a five to six yard touchdown run 
But I think the turning point of that game was Cooper Cup and that catch late late in the game. He had nine receptions for 130, 183 yards and one touchdown. But when he caught that when he caught that deep backside dig and he cut it up field for extra yard, it, it took the hearts out of that um, Tampa Bay defense who was already struggling. So with guys like Vita Vey and you know um, um, Jason Pierre-Paul not getting to the quarterback quick enough, it leaves that it leaves that secondary in a horrible spot. So. Tom Brady, this could or may not be his last game played as a Tampa Bay Buccaneer or as a player in general. I'm going to say, I'm going to go out on limb here, and I'm going to say Tom Brady comes back for one more year. He plays with his target age of 45, and they try to make another run out of man. But shout out the Rams. Their offensive line, their defensive line, their secondary, and as well as their quarterback controlled the game. The last thing I'm going to get into on this segment is the Bills versus Chiefs. The Bills versus Chiefs, guys, I was emotionally invested into this game way more than I should, considering neither of these are my teams. But I love the Bills. I love Josh Allen. I love what their team is made of. It's made up of grit. It's made up of fighting. It's made up of history. The Bills were a great team back in the day and went to, you know, five Super Bowls in a row but couldn't win any of them. And that's lingering over that Buffalo, New York town. And Josh Allen is here to change that. And it's not this year, and it may not be the next, but it's coming soon. Josh Allen, he came out and was 27-37, 329 yards, four touchdowns. And on the other side, Patrick Mahomes was 33-44, 378 yards, with three touchdowns. That's not it, guys. These quarterbacks are leading the passing and the rushing. Josh Allen, 11 carries, 80 or 68 yards. Patrick Mahomes, 7 carries, 69 yards, and a touchdown. I mean, that's a battle of the age. That's like Kobe versus Shaq their first game when they when they were on opposite teams. Cannot say enough about the receiving core. I'm going to go out on a limb, and I'm going to say Gabriel Davis has the most important stat line throughout everybody who's a receiver. Um, Gabriel Davis had, listen to this, guys. He had eight receptions, 201 yards, and four touchdowns. And for guys that don't know, Gabriel Gabriel Davis was, you know, lost in a depth chart. He was a fourth-round draft pick. He was 22, 22 years old out of UCF, 6'2", 210. Um, on this season, he only had 35 catches, and he made six of those in the game before I'm reading these stats. So it shows you that he was not that biggest of a factor and still you know a guy like Stefan Diggs. For a guy like Stefan Diggs, Gabriel Davis going off is exactly what you want because they got to show more attention to him. And, and Stefan Diggs got his, but it just wasn't enough. And I hate and I hate and I hate how the how the NFL overtime is, but that's that's the reality of it. Um it used to be even worse, but now you have to at least go get in the end zone. And it was just one of those games like whoever had the ball first, you were gonna go win. And that's exactly what Patrick Mahomes did, man. When you give the ball to Tyreek Hill and he has 11 receptions for 150 yards and one touchdown, and every time he touched the ball, it's like people are scared to tackle him. I mean, you, you can't you can't you can't draw up a better game plan by a pitch and catch from Tyreek Hill to to Tyreek Hill from Patrick Mahomes. You, you can't drop another one. Um, the Bills they came out and they fought hard, man, but it just wasn't. It wasn't their time. If they would have got the ball back, they would have been celebrating. It, it just wasn't their time. As good as that number one defense was in Buffalo, they could not stop Patrick Mahomes. They gave up 42 points, and that's just a tough way to go out, man. So if you're a Bills fan, you're a Josh Allen fan, keep your head up. It's going to be a battle for 10, 20 years, guys. So just keep fighting and just figure out exactly what you want to do next year. This is Jaden Ford, and this is Let's Talk About It. This was your divisional round recap. Um, and for everybody that, you know, just for a quick rundown, if you just want to hear the divisional round, it was the best divisional round that we will ever see. I don't know how it could get better. I don't know. The last time I've watched four games and they were all damn near overtime thrillers. 
in the same weekend is absolutely beyond me. But I'm proud of the NFL. I'm proud of what every what everybody's done to keep this thing going, to, to the COVID protocols, to the safety measures, and as well as the health and safety protocols from the CDC. I, I just I just give y'all props, man. And like I was saying about the college teams, I give props to Sean McDermott and as well as Andy Reid and as well as the other coaches involved who got their team to this point and they still had a full team. They still had a full roster. So, I mean, I mean, it's a testimony to that these guys are serious about their job and they do not want to spread the likeliness of COVID-19 and the Omicron variant. I'm Jaden Ford. This is Let's Talk About It. And that's all I got today, man. See you guys next week.